the Jewish Divorce Project. Because marriage doesn't always work out and chicken soup doesn't always help. Look at that baby. She's three weeks old. Oh my, how beautiful. What's her name? Did they give her name? Her name is Ketsia. Ketsia? Yeah. How lovely. I'm not a fan, but <laughs> and I'm the only one who was honest. They're like, everybody loves it. I'm like, no, I'm the only <laughs> one who's going to be honest with you. <laughs> and then they had some friends over and they were like, the cut, they started being a little more honest because I was there. So we're like, you know, it's not the worst name, but. Hi, I'm Michelle. Like, oh my gosh, I had to stay in there and then I, yeah, sorry about that. Do not apologize. I do, please don't. I'm sorry I cut into the face, the IG live and that whole conversation. Oh, I'm there. so glad you did because I, I'm like in my robe, about to go like, <laughs> still, I, oh, I'm so sorry. Glad that. You came on and I noticed on my calendar, it said the 21st and I was like, wait a minute, uh, is it 2021 and the 27th? I was like, that's weird. Okay. Hi. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. I'm Hi. glad that you're meeting. Yeah, Sheva, this is oh Michelle. Michelle, this is Sheva. This is Sheva. I don't usually have a baby attached to me. It's also not my baby, <laughs> but sometimes we bring props onto the show. Oh my God. <laughs> He, she or he? She. She's three weeks old. It's my niece. Yeah. So adorable. So, so if she starts to cry, I'm just going to mute and then like throw her up somewhere. <laughs> Leave her to her devices. Never too young. I should say this is also the first time that Michelle and I are actually meeting. I mean, we've only communicated over text message and uh, Instagram messaging. So this is the first time we're meeting entirely. So this is great. A first meeting of minds for everyone. Well, what nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Yeah. I love first impression. I just basically is still in my robe with uh, on Instagram live in my coffee, looking hot. I, I was telling them, I'm not sure which is which one's more unprofessional, having a baby on the show or being on an Instagram live. <laughs> it might it might be the baby, so don't worry about it. <laughs> well, I, I I feel so bad because usually my calendar uh, links up to it too, and I'm like, I was thinking this morning, like I hope nothing, I'm not forgetting anything, but that's always of course, you know. Honestly, it is. We are super relaxed here, so we're glad that you're here. There's no worries. Thanks for having me. If there were someone well, we could coordinate doing the IG live along with this, and there probably is, we could do that. We there probably is, and you know what's so funny? Because I was about mouth to message you too. Um, I I don't know. I think you have to use two separate devices. But um, I I was actually going on there to talk about uh, something with our show with our show with my show about the you know the upcoming series and stuff. So. So let me read your bio so people can get a little bit better idea of who you are as well. And that'll introduce the show a little bit, which of course will give you a chance to talk about much more detail after we get to know you and your divorce story. So Michelle Trena, it's wonderful to have you here. She's a performer, educator, and creator of multiple performance brands that carry a thread of healing through humor. She has toured around the country from stand-up to Shakespeare. Michelle earned her master's in educational theater from NYU and has her principal, supervisor, and theater teacher certifications in the state of New Jersey. In 2013, she founded Prop Box Players, a theater company for young audiences geared towards inclusion and performances for diverse learners. 
Her one-woman show, How to Be a Successful Teacher, was in United Soho Festival in 2012, as well as multiple other performances in the tri-state area. She continued her own one-woman show, Train, when she was getting divorced by putting her diary on, on the stage. Michelle created Divorce Diaries in 2013 and has evolved into a one-woman comedy show with laughs at life's beautiful mishaps. A New Jersey native, Michelle's work has a trademark accent and physicality to it unlike anyone else. She's fiercely energetic and uses her own challenges in life to motivate and inspire her practices as an educator and performer. Michelle's obsession with coffee, high kicks, and running literally everywhere and her favorite role will always be mom to her beautiful daughter, Grace. It's wonderful to have you, Michelle. Welcome, Michelle. What a bio, yeah. Did I, did I send that to you or did you make that? I was like, I don't We, made, we made it up. <laughs> we sat here for a couple minutes while you were on IG Did we? Were we on point? Did we get it? Did we get anything right? It was amazing. And I was like, yeah. oh, I have to look back at that and like- She you know, sounds great. You're like, she sounds great, this Michelle. <laughs> Who is she? Yeah, there's there's a, a line in our in the pilot that's you know uh, chaos. So I just had chaos walk in in the form of a woman, and ever since we a lot of people have been like, I really like that line. I'm like, I guess that's my new tagline. Chaos, <laughs> Michelle Trainer, chaos in the form of a woman. I thought the, tag, I thought the tagline for the no, no, what you say? Go go for it. What? I've been called worse. <laughs> I thought the tagline for the Divorce Diary show was good. It was, I, I teach kids with special needs and I date men with special needs. Absolutely. And <laughs> a lot of people get like, I, when I was, some people were like, what do you mean? Like dis actual disabilities? And I'm like, no, no, no. You know, they're allergic to my Specialer commitment. needs. <laughs> like they're allergic to my commitment pheromones. Or I get a lot of like, um, you know, I have ADD. I have ADD. That's like my favorite line now when a guy says, yeah, I actually have ADD. And I'm like, okay. That's why he can't date you? He doesn't answer me back right away. Or, you know, he gets distracted easily. Um, and it's like, all right, how many of you do have ADD or just lazy to respond? <laughs> I'm joking. Not really. <laughs> no. <laughs> My daughter has, so my daughter's going to hate that because I had to spend an hour on the, the computer fixing her. There's like a, 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 one of the games that they play. So she's getting stuff and she's a gymnast. So I'm like, that's fine. She has equal time, screen time and, and play time and physical stuff. She needs a break sometimes. It, I was getting so angry at the app that it became this like, childhood memory of when I used to play Mortal Kombat with my brothers and be like, this is so much, I can't handle it. And like, I, between that work and then like a guy texting me, oh, hey, what's going on? When do you think we can hang out? I'm like, I just can't, I can't handle it. So I've put the men issue on the back burner in my life at the moment. Well, at least it. it's, it's fodder for your show. If that, if nothing else, it's material. Mm. Yes, and my therapist keeps her summer house because of the bills she gets. <laughs> I I dated a guy, quite seriously actually, who was a comic artist, and he hadn't done his comics for a long time. But every once in a while, when we were together, he would take out his phone and write notes. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure you're just dating me for material. <laughs> 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 you know, 
it's it's I think that as an artist and, and anybody actually, even if you're, you know, your job is not an artist, everybody writes and creates or journals from what they know and they make some it's therapy, you know. I when I was in high school, I, I was in musical theater and I loved being on the stage. It made me feel the best and it made me feel good about myself. You know, when you're going through middle school and high school, you start to feel insecure or po there's popularity contests. And when I was on the stage, it made me feel like myself and I felt accepted and welcomed. And I just remember thinking, you know, I want to keep being here. I want to, I want to really invest in this as a career. And I, I was a sophomore in high school and I followed that dream. I mean, I stopped for a while when I got married because, um, you know, my ex-husband didn't really understand it fully. And I felt like I should, should switch to teaching theater and, and still be involved, but in a different way as an actor. And then I, I realized that the way I healed and woke up every morning excited about life, especially going through my divorce, was filtering out through performance and comedy stand-up. Yeah. How long did it take you post-divorce to be able to channel that into a show? Pretty, I mean, pretty quickly because that's all I would typically do with stuff. Like I wrote a show when I was teaching, uh, when I was first starting to teach uh, as a one woman play. And when I, it like, essentially that was up in New York City and I was separated. And I remember going through it with my ex-husband at the time we weren't we were still living together and then I remember when I moved back home with my parents shortly after a year later I was just writing the idea and you know conspiring something together so I would say from the time I was moved out like six to six to eight months I think I put it up in a small space in New York City as like a workshop nice yeah what a great way to channel because there's you know, there's, it's a fine line between pain and humor. And so, or, or maybe there isn't even any line and to channel that experience. I mean, I've talked on my show uh, on this podcast about how I got into dance afterwards. So how I managed my pain and that transition through creative expression. And sounds like that's something that you can relate to. I love that you said dance because I've been, a, I love dance. Dance is another therapeutic performing tool for me. And I've been a dancer for a year. So yeah, absolutely. Um, there is, there is dance in divorce series, believe it or not, um, in, in the stand-up show. And we originally started where we were doing a lot of movement and because there's something about how you express yourself through your body kinesthetically, right. Where you're letting out uh, not to know any of the actual terms because I'm not a doctor, but like the, the, the feelings that you're having that are making you feel sad and, de and depressed almost, or anxious or uncertain, you can just push them out of your body. And physically for me, that helps me, right. Feel good and positive. And if I'm sharing my story and connecting with other people, making them feel good, great. Like we're all in it together, you know? Yeah. And we have talked about that this on the show about one of the hard parts about divorce is that isolation and the lack of community. And, and so whatever means there is to connect to others. So either it's sharing your story, making it into a comedy show, finding other community. Uh, it's, it's, it's a great way to transition through that pain because it's painful. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think that there is, um, 
the one of there's beauty in feeling that connection, even though you're going through the pain and there, even though you might be in a dark hour, right. There's light in that there's pieces in that, that can help you move forward. There's, um, I'm a, a big follower of Ed Milet. He's a big motivational speaker. And he talks about if you can find a way to see the happiness and adversity, like you can really live a fulfilled life. And that's majority of life is us doing these roller coaster ups and downs, right? Like, oh, I just had a sold out show and all this great stuff happened. And then it's like, I, I grew up in an Italian Catholic household. So it's like, we're holding our rosary beads, praying for nothing to happen. You know, like, <laughs> you know, like, like when it's too good, it's too good. It's actually scarier than when it's bad. When it's bad, you're like, well, I was expecting that. Life is shit. And so that makes sense. But when everything seems to be going well, that's when it gets scary because then there's a lot to lose. Well, you feel like there's going to be a drop. And then right. what I've been starting to look at in myself is to not do that. It's just to be like every day there's gratitude and blessings and really amazing things that happen and and manifesting and and um, you know, I, I've just become a very spiritual person. Like I've kind of just zoned out of like what I'm supposed to do with what my upbringing was and just kind of be one with what I feel is out there in the universe. Right. If, if that makes sense. It's huge. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, I can't tell you how much I've, this is a fascinating conversation as it is. And, and not as funny as I thought it was going to be because we had oh, a comic. We'll make you laugh, don't worry. You know, we're going to get funny, but like, I, I love the fact that it's gotten so spiritual in a way. And, and I do want to say that like, the quote you said that um, being able to endure is a matter of finding happiness. It sounds very much like Victor Frankl in the terms of those who, you know, thrive in difficult circumstances or those that really find meaning in what's going on. And you seem to have done a lot of that, right? The Divorce Diary show isn't just about dating and kids it's about or, or teaching. It's about the entirety of divorce life for you and what it's like for you to go through that transition, no matter how ugly it might be but it's a matter of putting it out there for everyone to see the meaning that you're taking from it, even if it is tongue in cheek and does have a sense of humor to it, right? A lot of people, right, regardless of the isolation they might feel from other, you know, from community members, from friends they might have or things like that, they might also go inward themselves and not really want to share, right? You keep thinking about like, who's who really wants to come out and like share a divorce story? Who wants to let everyone know what they were going through? That's fucking crazy, right? Nobody wants to do that but you've really taken that to a different way and said like, no, no, this is okay for people to see. And if anything, it makes you much more human, right? Which is that deeper level of spiritual practice of all this, right? Of you coming to ownership of what works for you and what matters in your life, regardless of everything else that's going on. At least that's that's been significant for me, right? In terms of Passover and wanting my kids to have the type of Passover that I grew up with and not being able to provide that to them and realizing that that's okay because it's never going to be like that anyway, right? Nothing I could do would make it exactly like it was when I was a kid, right? So something's lost in between naturally. So I just have to accept and love and enjoy what it is that I provide them myself. And that's been, at least for me, that's the point that I'm taking away from what you're just saying in terms of that spiritual focus. A hundred percent because there's, um, there's every day has these beautiful blessings in it. And I grew up feeling my parents were loving and supporting, but there's a lot of anxiety and high, strong energy where it's like, and it's not their fault. It's just what the circumstances were within their own stuff. And I think a lot of my family is like an extended family. Everybody is like, ah, up on a hundred. Right. So for me, like to take the anxiety level down on a day-to-day basis and focus on the work that provides and, and provides like it's medicine for my soul. 
I, when I was looking at what I wanted to do as a career, when I was a kid, a teenager, I was like, well, I'm going to do this because this feeds me every day. Huh. And when I, I went into teaching, it wasn't a bad thing. I definitely saw it because I wasn't, I was veering off of being an actor, but I was using acting in the classroom as a, as a performer and helping kids grow and learn and heal. But what I realized a couple of years ago when I, when I left full time was that the show comedy what it's doing for me is bringing me to back to the road where I really felt like I'm gonna live out this personal legend right like you know the alchemist I don't know if you've read it it's that that whole right okay she was so you got like it is that to enough like I read it in 2019 I was like okay this is this is exactly my point and it gets harder as you get to meet that that personal legend or whatever each and I feel like each chapter of your life there becomes a new thing right so I I try to find the beauty in the day and in the moment because every day every month there's going to be something right and I just started to think this last past year like if I keep living fearing not that it's easy because I still do it fearing what's going to happen next or the bad, or that it's just not going to serve me a better purpose. So I'll go on stage and I'll make fun. Like I, on, on Thursday in Florida, I had such a great show. It was an amazing time. I was very nervous because I really wanted this show to be amazing. It was sold out. I had been, where did you perform? I performed at the library comedy club in Punta Gorda. It's in the four point Sheraton and it's a small little club. It's perfect for what my, where my show is at right now, but it's great crowd. They've some of them have been like came back and the, somebody said to me before the show about my television series that I'm developing. He's like, yeah, but can't they just like, can't they just take your idea, steal it and not even use you? And I was like, well, yeah, they could. And I was kind of like, thanks for the pep talk, buddy. But um, <laughs> I mean, I, and then like, it was, it was a moment where I went back to my room and I called my manager and I was like, I just, I'm so sick of like the, the rocks being thrown in my face. Cool. And then I said, well, you know what? I guess that's the universe reminding me of how I'm going to handle it. How are you going to choose to handle that moment? Are you going to, so I took that and I brought it up on stage and I just did a bit about it. I'm like, good morning, good morning. It sucks to be alive. Like I just did a whole bit about it and how it made me feel. And it opened me up to feeling better and not anxious and not worried about the fearful things that could happen, you know? And then connecting that to divorce. I mean, we all, we all don't know what's gonna happen while you're getting a divorce. Like what's, what's gonna happen financially with your children, the future. And that in itself was just a big lesson of you can't control it. So you have to take it day by day. And that continues to follow me in my path now. <laughs> when I was going through my divorce, I kept thinking about doing something like this, just figuring out a way to share it maybe in comedy. And I'm not a comic, I think I'm funny. You know, some people have told me I'm funny, but that's about the extent of it. But the only joke that I was capable of writing went something like, I just lost my job and my wife just asked for a divorce. If anyone wants to start the line over to the left of the stage to come up and punch me in the balls, you're welcome to come and do so. That's great. Right? I don't know, no, I think, <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't quit your day job. Thanks, I appreciate it. Now, I, I think, that that perspective of if you really want to try something for yourself I think you should um in fact I encourage it because we all even as comics I think we're always just trying to see what works and what clicks in right um and there if it helps you feel good too why not you know try there's nothing you have to lose 
Yeah. Hey, we started this podcast, I think, for that reason. It's been a yeah. good way to share and talk about it. So, I mean, it is what it is. I think that's the whole point of it, right? It's the creative yeah. expression and the sharing of all of it. Yeah, but also know your strengths. <laughs> <laughs> you say, so you're saying mine should not be in the joke telling on the show. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. We should just all know our strengths. So, Michelle, um, what, what's the funniest story about dating that you share in your show? Oh, gosh. Um, there's a couple, but I guess the most recent one. <laughs> oh, can you see me? I think I'm frozen. You froze a little bit. I can hear you though. Yeah, but we can still hear you. All right, great. So, oh, what the funniest one? Okay, well, I guess, um, oh, I don't know. There's a couple. I'm trying to see which one is going to be. So there was a, there was a guy I dated when I first got divorced. Uh, he was a cop and he was also in the military and I, he was very emotionally stable, as you can say. Um, I liked him so hard, but I just like, he didn't. Oh yeah. Okay. Hold on. Let me do that. Um, all right, there we go. He kept canceling on me and I wouldn't like take it as a sign that he's just not good to stay with. Like each time it would get worse. And when I, and I'll tell you the, I'll tell you the bit, but everybody, when I do the bit, they're like, that's not true. I'm like, no, but it is. <laughs> Like he would cancel on me first. It was about his mom. Um, you know, he had to drive his mom to Philly. Then his dog died. And then he tried to dive, drive his dog to Philly. And then his niece, his niece tried to commit suicide. Drive her to Philly. Then his dog died again. Back to Philly. Back to Philly. And there was a couple other ones that I don't even get mentioned in the stand-up bit that he had to pick up a rifle. He had, okay, it was like- The dog was still alive somehow. Gotta go pick up a rifle. <laughs> he, got a, he got another dog on Valentine's Day. I thought I was, he's like, yeah, I feel so alone because my dog died and like, I'm just a single guy living by myself. So I thought he was gonna be like, you know, cause making room for me in his life. And he's like, no, I got another dog. I'm like, I said- This what? is before a date or you've gone out with him a few times? months we went out for like six seven months oh okay and he the, for the entire time it was constant rescheduling canceling but then like when we were together it was amazing you know i was like oh my god we're meant to be and everybody else was like <laughs> <laughs> um i actually am still friends with him and he he he's he's a decent guy but he's just not a relationship person and i tell this part about when i broke up with him i he broke up with me and it's hard for us. I know it for a lot of women, at least maybe some don't want to admit that they're broken up with. He broke up with me and I refused to leave for two hours. That's a New Jersey woman right there. Taking it <laughs> like a champ. There you go. He I broke up fighting. with me on I the was, record right there. <laughs> I was, but like, I want to own up to the fact that it's okay. Like he broke up with me because he saw like, I was mad about him being late again and like all this stuff. He's like, I don't think this is working. I don't think I can give you what you need being very honest about it. But I refuse to accept that. And I was like, I wasted six months with you. And I was like, <laughs> I did everything you're not supposed to do. I asked him to have sex again. I told him, I think I'm falling in love with you, which he then replied by turning his back on me no oh. joke Ooh. it was the worst oh my god i was so devastated and um what else yeah it was rough two hours i just was like sitting and talking with him and like he was like smoking cigarettes on and off for the entire time and he hadn't smoked cigarettes the entire time we dated <laughs> so you really know how to pick them yeah i do <laughs> 
Well, she needs materials. That's perfect. <laughs> it was, and you know what the the best part was? I hadn't done stand up yet. I was doing the show as like this oh. one solo piece. He actually inspired me because I was so hurt. I was like, I got to get some of these these bits up on stage because I did improv for years before I tried stand up, and I thought that he was just so out there that some of these experiences you couldn't make up. So I. I took a class at Caroline's Comedy Club in the city and I and that that was it. I never stopped doing it since. So how old is your daughter? She's nine and a half. She's going to be 10 in, oh my gosh, a week and a half. Wow. And so something that I struggle with when in terms of talking about divorce or putting stuff out there is my kids and what they're going to see. And so how do you navigate that, that she's nine and a half, she can hear what you do and say. And so what's that like for you? So I do, uh, she does know that she was in the pilot of the show. So number one, so she does know it. She knows that some things are not for her, like they're R rated. So she can't really listen in on them. And I don't, um, but I'm just very honest with her. I mean, I'm not trying to hide anything. Like, in other words, I don't bash her dad in front of her or anything like that. Right. Um, I do joke around. Like, if, I like to think of it this way. If if his parents who I'm, you know, I'm we co-parent fine um, and I'm friends with his parents. But like, if his parents were to come to my live show, I would definitely tweak some jokes. <laughs> so that I'm not gonna, but like, you have to be prepared for that because it is my daughter's father. And like, I really, I really kind of go in on the men that I've dated. Not so much that I talk about how her dad and I were very opposite and nobody understood the marriage. And um, it's funny, like I never really brought that up to her now, but like she brought it up to me. She's like, you guys are very different. I never can imagine you guys married because she didn't know us married. We were divorced when she was a baby. So uh, it was, it's funny. Just, was well, like, the show I, started in 2013. So I imagine you were divorced in 2011, 12 or something like that. No, so it started, it, the first performance was in 2000, the fall of 2014. And she was two, was it 14 or 15? Wow. Sorry, 2015. And um, it was actually a play, one person play and I didn't use my name. I used a, a different character set up. And then, um, so it was very different. It was different in that way, in that kind of lens. But, um, and her dad knows about the show. Like they know I do it. They see I have stuff sure. out there. Um, and so with that, so I tried to keep the lens of like, hey, some of this stuff is not for your ears yet. You're too young. And some of the stuff you can, you obviously, she sees I poke fun at dating and we have open, honest conversations about it. She has brought up to me um, about like, well, how come you don't like right now I'm not dating anybody. I really don't want to date. And we talk about it and I say, look, I really want this next chapter of my life to be about my career uh, milestones in as an actor and a comic, not so much about a man coming into my life. And I don't have the time. I said, it takes time. I said, she has a lot going on in her life, gymnastics, school, learning about peer relationships in an effective, healthy way, which takes a lot of energy from your parent. It really does. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. So, so in, I know I did the long route to the answer, but open and honest dialogue, you know, not trying to like BS, but also not putting her in a setting where it's like, well, maybe your daughter shouldn't hear that. Like trying to just to be the best, do the best I can. And if I make a mistake, I'm honest about it. That's great. D does she think you're funny? I mean, you can ask her, <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, Grace, do you think I'm funny? She said, yeah, of course. Well, there you go. I heard, okay. I, I heard crickets. That's what I heard. <laughs> oh, 
She's too far away from the camera, from the microphone. <laughs> she says yes sometimes, and then other times she's like, like she'll, if she gets mad at me, like yesterday, I, I said like you can't speak that way. We are having a little bit of a disagreement, and she's like, and I don't want you putting me in your show. I was like. Uh. Fine by me. There you go. Well, you know, like, she didn't say anything about the podcast. <laughs> people don't laugh about you in my show anyway. So you're not that funny. Well, <laughs> see, I talk about her in my stand-up when it comes to really me teaching her the same lessons I still have not learned. But then I think she's heard that before. And she's like, even you're still learning that. And so I got to go back and say, well, you're right. However... This is how we can learn from each again. Just an honest dialogue, like the peer relationship things, is a big thing where she's there's girl clicks, right? And you know she's harping on the student that is not paying her attention. And I gave her an example from my life, from somebody that was in my life last year that was a friend who she knew. And I gave, I showed her. I said, "You see how mommy was upset about that friend, and even you had said who cares about him." same kind of thing. I just try to be as appropriate and honest as possible and, and connected to what she's going through. Since, since you said that, I have a question. As you, as you lay in bed at like the wee hours where the, where the world's waking up at like 5 a.m., 5.30 a.m., and, and you weigh the actual necessity of rolling out of bed and going to this drudgery we call life, do you ever wonder? What are you doing like, lately, Noam? I'm just trying to set the tone. <laughs> All good? Yeah, things, okay. things are okay. My, my antidepressants haven't kicked in yet. But my point is to say that I'm taking ashwagandha now. But that's, not, that's a side note. My, my question for you is, Michelle, as you think about who will, the movie that they will make about your life, about this being the single mom who's trying to make it as a comedian, talking about her life, you know, trying to yeah. make it a world. Who, who's, who's playing you? Who plays oh. the role of Michelle Trina? Well, I would love like Chloe Savagny, Amy Poehler. Those are the two people I've thought of. I, I really don't have a, a set person though. Like I think someone who's going to portray an honest woman. I, I think it could be anybody who's going to portray someone who has a passion and energy for life and who can get these quirks that I have of like, being so energetic and loving and passionate, excited, but she has to kind of focus it all in on one avenue sometimes. I mean, I, I've had like Chloe Sevigny has been on the list, Amy Poehler. Um, yeah, those are two that come off to my mind. Good ones. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't mind a Jennifer. Oh, Anna, anybody? What? I thought it was Sevigny. Sevigny, see, I don't even know how to say your name. There you go. Sevigny. Uh, I hope she's not listening, otherwise she'll never take the role. Ugh. That would be Listen, tragic. If she doesn't want to take the role, then she doesn't get me. So it should be passed to somebody else. I <laughs> um, but I actually have that in my shows. My name is always said wrong. And I get it because I say people's names wrong all the time. And I get nervous to repeat it because then I'll say it wrong again. And like Michelle Trainer, but people will say Melissa Trainer or Trainer after I say it. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> It's not the Michelle part they get wrong. It's the Trina. Well, they get Michelle wrong too because it's with one L. They think it's Michael, Melissa. I don't know why Melissa, Michael? but I got Melissa a bunch of times too. Michael? You get Michael? Yeah. My sister got Michael, but that's because she's Michal and it's spelled M-I-C-H-A-L. That does look like Michael. It does. Yeah. <laughs> you know why? Because that if you look at I'm looking at the, her screen name, it's kind of you you kind of scan it and then you put the words together, the, the letters together. 
It's how our brain works. We just scan things. I just like how Trina, Trina seems like to be perfectly spelled for New Jersey. Hey, Trina, how you doing? <laughs> That's a, actually, people would call me by my last name a lot. Trina. That's what I'm saying. Like, even if your last name was just Train, you'd probably be Trina anyway. Hey, yo, Gina. Hey, Trina. How's your divorce hey. going, Trina? Hey, yo, all the way. Hey, yo. This is really good. I feel this is bringing out the tri-state area kid in me. You know, like I'm thinking about Yankee games now. This is- I was gonna say, did you grow up? You did grow up, right? Or something? I'm from Connecticut. I'm from the okay. Yankee side of Connecticut. So all my relatives are from New York and Jersey and we used to go right. in there for holidays on a regular basis. Or I go saying holidays, you know? Oh, oh, hey, oh. Well, right. We do have a way of doing things in Jersey and New York. And I, I have a show in New York City tonight and I'm- <laughs> And it's great to be back, but it's so different. I was in Florida a couple of days ago and it's just so different mentality. It's like you breathe in the air, you know, you don't start coughing afterwards. What's the thing? Oh, I you? live in Florida. I don't have, it doesn't make me feel calm at all. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe because I was visiting, I, or I don't know, maybe it took a day. I was in, where do you live in Florida? Florida. Florida. I live in, I live in South Florida in Boca. It's the atmosphere and the environment are beautiful, but it's some other things that give me anxiety about Florida. Yeah. No, no, I totally get it. yeah. So tell us about your show that's coming up. That sounds really cool. So the pilot, I shot a pilot of Divorce Diaries. All the material that I do on the stage, I wrote a scripted series um, about my life and it's filmed in as a mockumentary, um, which, you know, we filmed the pilot as a mockumentary, but open to different concepts of of this comedy that is my life which is the single mom pursuing a career in comedy while dating and feeling empathy for the wrong men and kind of dealing with uh the the tornado of things that any single parent or parent deals with the pto uh which you know the parent teacher organization <laughs> the moms the the mommy oh, group the or you know daddy groups too and the uh you know, being a teacher is a, I te taught theater in its school district, but I, I taught mostly special ed. I was always put in, in general, uh, excuse me, inclusion or self-contained classrooms. And, and I really gravitated towards that. So we focus in on my life as a theater teacher pursuing comedy and also, you know, taking the challenges as a single parent head on when daughter gets diagnosed with ADHD, you know, men that I fall for that distract me from my goal as a comic and kind of get me all confused and emotional. And I and trying and to, to recenter, recenter. Yeah. And I, my family, my Italian family, that is like, I'm the only divorcee of the group and it's, I'm on the outskirts and all these different elements in the show, being a teacher, being an Italian Jersey girl, being this uh, school mom and comic, every little arena you see her on the outskirts, really, you know, tripping into these disasters or beautiful disasters. And like, like in other words, I know this kind of sounds weird, but like me being late, like not realizing the date and seeing that is not on purpose, <laughs> but it is what the show is. It's like, oh God, oh God. <laughs> the reality of it. You talk so, about being part of an Irish Catholic family and what that's like being a divorce. One of the videos I love from your TikTok feed is when you uh, get your cousin's input. And oh, my Italian. Wait, did you say Irish? <laughs> you just did I say Irish? I'm sorry. I said Irish Catholic. I I, didn't mean to say, I think I you know assumed why? there. That's the Jewish you know perspective. Why? Of me. A, 
my ex-husband's Irish. I'm Italian. Italian. So there's a big yeah. Okay, so but I'm Italian. Yes, my cousins. Wait, it's okay. But it's your cousins. That's really the focus of what I'm asking about, right? Is that like I love it when you talk to your cousins because your cousins are just like like every time you bring something up about a guy, your cousins are like, walk away, go the other <laughs> direction. That is actually I was at my cousin's house yesterday, and they are not acting. That is them. Right. That is why and I wrote a, I wrote one of the episodes in season one where we're at a baptism uh, and, you know, like I called them the real housewives of New Jersey meets West Side Story. I have, you know, my one cousin's half Puerto Rican, half Italian. She gets like very hyped up about these men that I date. And then my cousin, my other cousin lives in like a like literally I actually think she was supposed to be on the show, but she's like, no, I don't want to put my, my, my life out there like that. Um, she lives in like this mansion is like, but she's got such love from her heart of, for me, they all do, but they are brutally honest. And every time now I talk about a guy, they're like, Oh, what is wrong? And like, they'll go through a fine tooth comb about every single dude. And they're like, I don't know, Michelle, I think you should just stay away from all of them. They're like, there's something about your magnet inside that you keep drawing in these, these, uh, dead fish. I so where can people see the show? When it, when will it be available and where? So the pilot is right now uh, circulating the film festival circuit. And I'm also working on getting it either distributed so we can build more episodes or we're shooting a whole season with investors. So that's, we're working on finding investors right now to build a whole season one to distribute. So, so if you know anyone that wants to take a meeting, let reach out to Michelle, friends. Michelle, train yeah, We have, here's the thing. I'll be very, on, very honest. I've had a lot of people say, hey, like I like this concept. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. And then Zippo. And I know that that's the industry, but um, I just haven't found the right producer yet. And I'm hoping that a few fires that are in the, is that the right expression? Fires in the iron? I think it's irons in the fire. That, that's, this is also, there you there go. You go that they will pan out, putting it out there in the universe. She is adorable, by the way. I'm sorry, she's so cute. I think Thank I want to have another. <laughs> oh yeah, that's, that's what this is. It's a magnet <laughs> to see if you want more. I, mean, I just remember my daughter being that tiny and it's like, they just- I know, it's so crazy how tiny your, they are. You could do your next <laughs> bit with a baby in your arm, bring it up on stage. See what it's that for the, the ticket sales, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need it for me and my family here. So they, and also they just, so they can go to divorcediarieshow.com and they can also watch the trailer um, on the website. Divorce Diaries, that is. Divorcediarieshow.com, yep. Okay. What is your biggest tip your, of advice for people? You, you are seemingly many years out of it. It's not a recent experience. You've had a lifelong journey since then. What is your piece of advice for people who are going through, who have gone through a divorce? If you know you want to do something, don't wait, do it. Don't sit on it, just wait, do it. More action, less talk about it. That's the biggest thing I can I can offer is like, do it. If it's gonna make you feel good inside, do it. Nice and succinct. Awesome. Friends, you can find her uh, at michelletraina.com as well as you can find me at noamrauscher.com and I think you can find Chevagans at chevagans.com, right? Yes. And the, the first last made it easy. We did. And you can also find us at the Jewish Divorce Project at gmail.com or www.thejewishdivorceproject.com or 
on Facebook and Instagram at thejewishdivorceproject.com where you can see clips of our episodes and links to our show as well. Michelle, Email us at thejewishdivorceproject at gmail.com with any suggestions, feedback, advice. We're not into criticism, but you can leave that if at you the must. Door. Yeah. Just give us the positive <laughs> feedback. Yeah. Well, Michelle, thanks, thank Michelle. So, so nice to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. I apologize for my, for my tardiness. No, it's Grace. okay. Have fun uh, mm. on your IG live. <laughs> Good luck tonight. Bye. Bye, mm. guys.